Well, welcome to this assembly of Blaine Baptist Church. It is good to have each of you with us here this morning. As we begin, a few announcements, most of them related to the mission's emphasis through this month and the month upcoming. And that mission's emphasis is especially beginning next week and this coming week. uh, Cynthia will be with us. And as uh, Cynthia is with us, we're planning to have an, a potluck, not exactly, uh, but something similar, and then an afternoon service. So if you would be interested for up to a donation of $3, uh, there is a sign-up sheet in the fellowship hall for some uh, good food from Pizza Ranch. And just sign up by family and note how many boxes you want. If you want to bring your own food and uh, eat your own food, or if you want to uh, give give food to the to the to the children who won't appreciate the the boxes as much, maybe. Uh, but whatever you like, um, that there is availability of, of food for next week. If you just sign up, if you could do that uh, today or at the latest on Wednesday, that would be a help. For knowing what is uh, what is happening um, in terms of getting ready for that food, and then uh, throughout the month we ha- did vote on Sunday evening. Um, this past Sunday evening, we voted to uh, raise for the purposes of missions and assisting missions uh, to raise three thousand five hundred dollars during the month of October. And so praying that the Lord would use us as we give to that end. The third Sunday in October will designate all of the monies that come in for that special offering, um, unless uh, unless you designate that it's for the the general fund. But uh, that third Sunday will be taking up uh, for the sacrificial missions goal of 3,500. Otherwise, the, uh, the information of things upcoming is largely about King's Kids, which begins on Wednesday. So school is here, and so King's Kids is beginning. If you are um, five years old through fifth grade, uh, you can be uh, uh, involved in that. And so looking forward to having you in that, be praying for that. Uh, those who aren't in the King's Kids ministry, be praying that God will bless in the lives of children through the teaching there. In terms of prayer requests and updates, uh, God has been kind, and Josh and Steffi, uh, the Rajans, they did uh, sell their house, and so they closed on Thursday, so praise the Lord for that. And continue to pray for many of the things we did mention in days past. Um, we mentioned Kevin's uncle having covid um, is it Jack? Am I remembering it right? Uh, but his wife uh, Sue um, uh, is uh, does also have also has COVID now too. So pray for uh, his uncle and aunt, and pray for the Andrews' uh, uh, children and grandchildren, and Dan and Renee's family. That God would be kind with that there too. Um, other things to be praying about. You probably have noticed already. But do, do be praying as we think about other churches throughout the state. Be praying especially this week for Faith Baptist Church in Albert Lee. Pastor Riley Brown is relatively new 
as a pastor there at Faith Baptist, and so pray that God would bless his ministry as he begins and seeks to serve the Lord there in Albert Lee. Um, I don't have other announcements, and so let's look to our scripture, our, our memory uh, verse, which is uh, Proverbs 23, verses 15 through 17, and think on that together. My son, if your heart is wise, my own heart also will be glad, and my inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. right. Do not envy, uh, let your heart envy sinners, but live in the fear of the Lord always. Uh, it is interesting to, to me that as you think about the instruction for the son, it revolves around preserving and keeping the heart. Preserving and keeping the heart. Um, my son, if your heart is wise, do not let your heart envy sinners. Uh, from the heart go forth the ways of man. Might we seek to guard our hearts. So Proverbs 23, verses 15 and 17 through 17. My son, if your heart is wise, my own heart also will be glad and my inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but live in the fear of the Lord always. Proverbs 23, 15 through 17. Might we, as we begin, bow together in prayer. Let us look to our God as we begin. Lord, we come to you knowing that we ourselves are sinners. And at times, because of our sinfulness, we do envy sinners. Lord, would you keep us, protect us, even from our own wayward desires, might you direct us and guide us to more blessed fellowship with yourself and your son through the Holy Spirit. I pray that today you might give us great joy as we come together, that our Savior's righteousness would be the rejoicing of our heart. We trust not in ourselves, we trust in your son and so we thank you that even though we are sinners, we can find forgiveness in him and in him alone. We pray, Lord, that you would bless and keep each of those who are absent from us. We think of those who even have been with us for a short while and are going forth. We think of Josh and Steffi. Might you continue to protect and guard their path. And as you would see fit, might you help them to be able to move back to India soon. Might you bless them as you have been kind in bringing answer to prayer even into their lives here recently. We rejoice with them. We pray that you would do the same for others. We think of those who are sick and weak and pray that you would strengthen and give them encouragement even in the midst of sickness. I pray for Dan Hedlund that you might be kind even in helping him to be able to get home from the hospital 
that you would raise up and strengthen in his body. I pray, Lord, for those who are absent from us because of the COVID-19 and concerns there. Lord, be kind in preserving and protecting them. Lord, our relationship with you is fragile. We need your help and the help of others to be faithful to you. And I pray, Lord, that you would guard and protect each one in their particular circumstances. I pray, Lord, that you would bless other churches this day. I thank you for the joy of knowing that even in various ways and in various circumstances uh, around the world, uh, people are gathering to the praise of your son. I pray for Ruth Potter. I pray for the Galbraiths and the Smiths. Might you work through each of them as they labor this Lord's Day? Might it be an encouragement to them, their labors? Uh, but might you especially use and bless their labors that might be an encouragement, even eternally profitable in your sight uh, for others? I pray, Lord, that you would bless uh, the church in Albert Lee, Lord, direct and guide Pastor Brown. Might you use him and his young family in your service. We pray that you would get the glory even through what is done there this day. Lord, we desire always to fear you. We pray that you would help us, fearing you aright, to rejoice in praise even as we come in worship now. We pray this in our Savior's blessed name. Amen. Our responsive reading of the Psalms is taken from Psalm number 16. Psalm 16, the inside of your bulletin. Psalm 16, a mechtam of David. Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. I said to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have no good besides you. As for the saints who are in the earth, they are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who have bartered for another God will be multiplied. I shall not pour out their drink offerings of blood, nor will I take their names upon my lips. The Lord is my portion, my inheritance, and my God. You support my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever.
as Christ is resurrected, living now for us, we can sing with joy in Christ as our hope. Uh, Hymn number 167 in the gray, 167 uh, in the gray. Might we look together to our God, Christ the Lord is risen today. 167 in the gray.
96 in the gray, 196, crown him with many crowns. And I'll invite you as we sing the last verse, we'll sing a cappella, the last verse. I'll invite you also, ladies, you can have the second, and men, we'll do the third. Second, ladies, third, the men. Let's sing together. Crown him with many crowns. Oh, 
Glenn, you may be seated. Our reading of the scriptures this morning is taken from Romans and the 14th chapter. We'll be reading the, the first 11 verses, Romans 14. Romans chapter 14, beginning in verse 1. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and not the, let, let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls. And he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Let us pray. Lord, we rejoice that we are yours. And even as we seek to glorify you and to worship you, to obey you, to live for you. Lord, we do it imperfectly. Let us pray that you would give us grace that we might worship you better, love you more, and love each other, even as we look forward to that day when every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that you alone are God. In your son's name we pray. We can rejoice in the Lord because of what he has done on the cross. Hymn number 130 in the blue hymnal, the blue hymnal 130 beneath the cross of Jesus. 130. Yes. Yeah. 
a cappella, the fifth verse a cappella, Jesus, the very Father, the 84.
This morning's offering, 522 in the blue, as the ushers come and prepare for this morning's offering, 522. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Let us look to our God in prayer once again. Lord, I pray through all of life, as in our services, that we might be frequently in prayer. Bless, Lord, for you alone can bless. Help, Lord, for you alone can help. We ask that you might get the glory as we think on what Christ has done, that you would get the glory because even our gifts, which we give now, are given because of Christ. We desire that he would be uplifted and that many would come to know the joy of our Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen. song <clears throat> uh, Christ is made the shore foundation you should have a handout 
in your bulletins, and we'll stand and sing, Christ is made the sure foundation, Christ the head and cornerstone. Seventh Psalm, excuse me, Psalm 7, as we think on the word together, Psalm number 7. Psalm 7. Um, Psalm 7, when you're tempted to quit... When you're facing opposition, what do you do? Um, When you're tempted to quit, when you're facing opposition, what do you do? Psalm 7 answers this question. What should the saint do when... Opposition comes when temptation to quit comes. What should the saint do? In particular, David is facing physical opposition and he's facing uh, opposition, which is 
great, an opposition which is discouraging. And I think you see some of this as you read through the text. Might we learn with David what to do when we are tempted to quit, when we are facing opposition? Here is Psalm 7. A Shigion of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning Cush, a Benjamite. O Lord, my God, in you I have taken refuge. Save me from all those who pursue me and deliver me, or he will tear me, my soul, like a lion, dragging me away while there is none to deliver. O Lord, my God, if I have done this, if there is injustice in my hands, If I have rewarded evil to my friend or have plundered him who without cause was my adversary, let the enemy pursue my soul and overtake it and let him trample my life down to the ground and lay my glory in the dust. Arise, O Lord, In your anger, lift up yourself against the rage of my adversaries and arouse yourself for me. You have appointed judgment. Let the assembly of the peoples encompass you and over them return on high. The Lord judges the peoples. Vindicate me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and my integrity that is in me. O let the evil of the wicked come to an end, but establish the righteous, for the righteous God tries the hearts and minds. My shield is with God, who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge and a God who has indignation every day. If a man does not repent, he will sharpen his sword. He has bent his bow and made it ready. He has also prepared for himself deadly weapons. He makes his arrows fiery shafts. Behold, He travails with wickedness and he conceives mischief and brings forth falsehood. He has dug a pit and hollowed it out and has fallen into the hole which he made. His mischief will return upon his own head and his violence will descend upon his own pate. I will give thanks to the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing Praise to the name of the Lord Most High. When you're tempted to quit, to despair, when you're facing opposition, do you do what David has done? Sing. Sing. Verse 1, or the, the title for the choir director, whispering, uh, sorry, uh, Shigion of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning Cush, a Benjamite. Or the last verse, I will give thanks to the Lord and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Here is David, and he's coming before the Lord in song, even when there is trial and hardship, even when there is much by way of affliction. Might we learn from David? Might God help us in this even this morning? We'll look to two 
major topics. Obvious ways that we can learn what we should do when facing opposition, and less obvious ways that we should learn what we should do when facing opposition. Might the Lord help us as we look to this text. Let's uh, bow and ask the Lord's direction. Lord, it is a joy for me to come to your word week after week and to study it. I pray that a small portion of that joy might flow over into all of our hearts, that the glory of who you are and what you have done, what you have promised and what you will do, that that glory would be our joy. Lord, help us this day to have reason to sing your praises. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. There are some obvious things in the text. Before we get to some obvious things by way of what we should do when we're tempted, when we're faced with opposition, when we are in trial, uh, before that obvious things in the text, the Shigion of David. Now, uh, less obvious what a Shigion is, uh, has maybe relation to the Hebrew word for staggering and swaying, um, or it's related to the Aramaic word, uh, which uh, speaks of, of turmoil. But um, one observation, whether we figure out the, the specifics of that meaning of that word, one observation that I would mention is that this is the only time that this word is used in terms of the Psalter, Um but it is used in Habakkuk 3. It is used in Habakkuk 3 by Habakkuk in terms of the title of his praise. And so I think one thing that we ought to learn is that the titles of the Psalms are inspired by God. The titles of the Psalms are inspired by God. You read through Habakkuk and you have no indication whatsoever that his his listing of the introduction to his praise is something other than the word of Habakkuk, the word of God in Habakkuk. We ought to think the same way of the titles to the Psalms. They are inspired of God. But something else that's very clear is the opposition and the trial uh, to which David has come. Now, it isn't clear as to what historical context it is, other than that this is a trial because of, apparently, Cush a Benjamite. This is the only reference we have to Cush the Benjamite. We know nothing else other than him being mentioned here in this title. But we do find out something as to the intensity of the the trial and hardship that Cush has apparently brought upon uh, David. He calls out for the Lord's salvation. And then verse 2, he says, David does, he will tear my soul like a lion. If you don't help, Lord, tear my soul like a lion. The horrible destruction of the beasts, that coming upon, uh, coming upon David 
is what he fears if the Lord will not save, dragging me away while there is none to deliver, none to snatch me away. The, the, the intensity of this trial, I think, is, is spoken to in the whole of the language of this psalm. Whatever it was that Cush apparently was wrongly accusing David of, whatever it was, the, the affliction and the, the adversarial relationship is clear, and the hardship that it was, the agony that it was, the anguish that it was for David. But the question I would ask us to consider is, what do you do when you face opposition, when you face hardship? And I think at least four things are obvious here in the text. Four things are obvious. I mentioned the first. Sing, sing. Ashigiana David, which he sang to the Lord. I will give thanks, verse 17, to the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Now, singing songs in the midst of affliction is encouraging. It is for a purpose. It is with cause that uh, Paul and Silas are thrown into the dungeon, into the, into the prison, and what do they do? They sing. They sing. And noteworthy, not only do they sing, but the other prisoners hear them sing. The other prisoners listen in. Might we publicly praise the Lord, even as we are going through trial and hardship? Sing. Obvious that we should do this. Number two, pray. What does he do immediately? Verse one, oh Lord my God, in you I've taken refuge. Save me. Save me, David says. Or, Verse number six, arise, O Lord, in your anger. Lift up yourself against the rage of my adversaries and arouse yourself for me. You have appointed judgment. David is calling upon the Lord. Prayer is an obvious way in which we should respond to the trials that God brings into our lives. The intensity of this prayer is clear in verse six. You have these three verbs Describing what God is called on by David to do. Describing what David wants God to do. Arise. Lift up yourself. Arouse yourself. Sometimes we go through trials and it seems like God is unattentive. It seems like God is absent. David knows that feeling. And what does he do? He doesn't quit praying because he thinks, he feels as though God is unattentive. Rather, thrice over, he calls on the Lord, rise up! Come to my aid. David is clear in prayer. Might we sing? Might we pray? And then uh, David maintains a clear conscience, maintains a clear conscience. I just recently was helped uh, thinking about COVID-19 and how churches respond 
to COVID-19 and all of the differences between one church compared to another, one person in the congregation compared to another. Uh, I was really helped listening to an interview that Andy Nacelli gave on the topic of the conscience and how we would think about the conscience in light of COVID-19. And if you'd like, I'd ha- be happy to give you the, the details for how to look up that that inner that interview yourself but uh a clear conscience having a clear conscience before god is a gift a great gift that god gives us if when we are doing what is right and we're fresh up in in confessing our sin and repenting if if we're continuing to do what is right then we have the joy of a clear conscience. And it's very obvious that uh, David was maintaining that clear conscience. It's clear as well that David was a sinner. Okay, It's not as though David goes through his life sinless. We know that. We can easily remember things that David did in horror against the Lord. But, David was also a saint. He was also a righteous person. And so he comes to the Lord, he repents, and then he's he's keeping this clear conscience. He's able to say, for example, in verse number three, O Lord my God, if I have done this three times, if, if I have done this, if there's injustice in my hands, if I have rewarded evil to my friend, or have plundered him who without cause was my adversary. Let the enemy pursue my soul and overtake it. Let him trample my life down to the ground and lay my glory in the dust. And then that little word, which I take to be pause and reflect on what you just were told. Reflect on what you just read. When the enemy pursues and rightly overtakes us, when the enemy rightly tramples our life to the ground, it's because our conscience is not clear. David is able to say, Lord, if you put me into this particular judgment, I would come through clear because my my conscience is clear. He makes that clear again in verse number eight. The Lord judges the peoples. Vindicate me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and my integrity that is in me. This righteousness is David's, not of himself. It's from the Lord given to David, but it's David's. God has given this righteousness to David. And so now David can speak of my righteousness. God has strengthened David in integrity, in maintaining integrity. And so now David can speak of my integrity. Are you a person of righteousness? Are you a person of integrity? Only by purposing by, by setting yourself up to, to be a person of righteousness and integrity, only by making decisions ahead of time to do those things. Well, you have the joy of knowing a clear 
conscience, clear conscience. Fourthly, fourth obvious thing here in this text. David sings and prays and maintains a clear conscience all because he trusts in the Lord. Trust. Trust is the the fourth obvious response to trials. Trust, not in yourself, not in others. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Verse one again. O Lord, my God, in you I have taken refuge. Verse four. The Lord judges the people. Vindicate me, O Lord, according to my righteousness. Verse number nine. Let the evil of the wicked come to an end, but establish the righteous, for the righteous God tries the hearts and minds. It's, it's clear that David's trust is with the Lord. Sing, pray, and keep his word uh, unswerving. Why? Because we trust the Lord. We trust the Lord. Spurgeon said, it is never right to distrust God and never vain to trust him. It is never right to distrust God and never vain to trust him. Might we follow these Examples, these four examples of obvious ways in which we might follow David's example of what to do in the midst of trial. Whether, whether it's problems at work with coworkers, whether it's hardships in your family, family far afield, or family under your roof, when it's troubles in in our country, whatever the troubles are, sing, pray, keep a clear conscience, and keep on trusting the Lord. Keep on trusting the Lord. Those things, I think, are obvious. Three things, I think, that are less obvious. These first two, the, um, the wording is not my own, but the, uh, the explanation is all my own. Um, Less obvious as you come to Psalm uh, 7 is the fact that life is short. Life is short. Uh, consider, for example, the, the, the famous, the now famous Winston Churchill. In the 1930s, Churchill was a nobody, an outcast in, in England. Why? Because after World War I, he saw that things were happening in Nazi Germany that threatened the whole of Europe. And Churchill made mention of those problems, made mention of those growing and portentous things to come. And no one wanted to listen. They were war-weary They were tired of war. And so in the 1930s, as Winston Churchill 
faithfully and repeatedly, prophetically even, not, not in the true sense of the word, but you, you get the meaning. Um, he, he looks to what's happening in Germany and he sees the threat of Nazism. And no one listens. No one listens. But in 1940, King George VI summons Churchill to Buckingham Palace and asks him to serve as prime minister. Do you know the day? It was when war broke out between England and Germany. On that very day, Churchill was, he, he was elevated to, to higher power. Life is short. What have you remembered? What king it was that Churchill labored under? If, you're, if your history is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, do, do you remember all the other people in Churchill's 1930s days who were arguing strenuously against him? Okay. So, so many people gone to history. Why? Because life is so short. Life is so short. And we make so many mistakes. So many mistakes. How many of you know anything about Cush? The Benjamite. Well, we know that he's a Benjamite. And otherwise, we don't know anything. We do not know anything. He, he's unknown to us. But if you were alive and if you were in David's shoes, if you were David as Cush is coming with his opposition, it didn't seem small. And it didn't seem brief. He has this whole psalm of the anguish that this person has called him, caused him. He has this whole psalm because Cush has been a, a, a thorn in his side. Cush is breathing down his neck. But the brevity of life is pointed to in the fact that we know nothing about Cush. He, he's opposed to David and then he's gone. Life, life is so short. Or, or just consider um, David's trials in this, te- this text. We know that it's because of Cush. We don't know any of the other historical circumstances. His trials come and go. His trials are many, but they aren't the same and they don't remain. Life is short. But secondly, probably less obvious in this text, life is long. Life is long. All so soon, the trials will be behind us. In that sense, life is short. But as you go through life, how many times have you sung the Lord's praises? How many times have you prayed to the Lord? How many times have you worked on keeping your conscience clean? How many times have you been trusting the Lord? And I would dare say, for most of you, those of you who aren't children, too many times to count. Right? 
How many times have you sung crown him with many crowns? Too many times to count. And and sometimes as we go through this again and again, singing the Lord's praises again and again, going to the Lord in prayer. Sometimes we, because life feels long, we're tempted to be weary in well-doing. We're tempted to be weary in well-doing. Again and again, doing the same disciplines of righteousness. Tempted to be weary in well-doing. Might God help us. Yesterday, I had the uh, joy of uh, going to Parker's Lake Baptist Church. Um, Pastor Murray has pastored for 30 years there. He's turning 69 this year or next year. In any case, he's retiring from uh, the lead pastor role there at the church. And one uh, one of the commendable things that was said about Pastor Murray and that he has repeatedly said to others and repeatedly reminded uh, the congregation of there at Parker's Lake Baptist Church is the importance of long obedience in the same direction. Long obedience in the same direction. Sometimes it is long. And probably more times, it feels long. But might we be faithful to long obedience in the same direction? Obedience to our Lord. Faithfulness to him. God has made it so that life is short even as life is long. Might you be faithful to the end. Might God strengthen us. We we work at our marriages day after day, week after week, month after month. Might we all the more work at our relationship with the Lord. Life is short. Life is long. Thirdly, less obvious, eternity is at stake. Eternity is at stake. Eternity is at stake. God will judge. Take, for example, uh, the ninth verse here of Psalm 9. Psalm 7, uh, verse 9. Oh, let the evil of the wicked come to an end, but establish the righteous, for the righteous God tries the hearts and minds. The righteous God tries the hearts and minds. It's his righteousness that we rejoice in and give thanks to. But why? Because he is a righteous judge. Verse 11, God is a righteous judge and a God who has indignation every day. God will judge. Sometimes he postpones day by day. Other times he brings that judgment now. You see that, for example, um, in the, in the uh, way that it's going to come upon the people who, um, who, who are con- con- conceiving uh, this sin. So verse 14, there's the pregnancy of sin. 
Behold, the, the wicked person. He travails with wickedness and he conceives mischief and brings forth falsehood. But all of this sometimes comes to the, the judgment of God here and now. Um, he has dug a pit and hollowed it out and has fallen into the hole which he made. Haman builds the gallows for Mordecai. Mordecai does not hang on the gallows. Haman hangs on the gallows that he built for Mordecai. God God sometimes brings this judgment into our present circumstance, but more frequently, that judgment isn't going to happen here and now. That judgment has eternal perspective. The Lord knows. The Lord sees. The Lord tests mind and heart. Psalm 26 and verse 2, Examine me, O Lord, and try me. Test my mind and my heart. This is in keeping with Psalm 7 and verse 9, the ninth verse, which we just had read. Oh, let the evil of the wicked come to an end, but establish the righteous. For the righteous God tries the hearts and minds. God will judge. And he will judge perfectly because God sees. Psalm 11 and verse 4, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. And God knows. Psalm 44 and verse 21. Would not God find this out? For he knows the secrets of the heart. The Lord knows. And the Lord judges. Proverbs 17 and verse 3. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold. But the Lord tests hearts. Children. There's nothing we can hide from the Lord. Your mom and dad might not see you when you disobey them. But God sees you. Adult. There's nothing we can hide from the Lord. Nothing. God will judge. He knows. He sees. And he will take it into account. Eternity is at stake. We see that in in the fact of the Lord's judging. The wicked will experience justice. The wicked will come to their due reward. Uh, The Lord, verse 8, judges the people. Vindicate me, O Lord. The the implication is uh, that uh, David in his righteousness hopes for the Lord's uh, blessing And that's in contrast to verse 9. Oh, let the evil of the wicked come to an end. God is a righteous judge. He has indignation every day. And then you have this language of, of the Lord at war. And who is the Lord at war with? He's preparing his bow. He has the fiery shaft. The Middle Ages weren't the beginning of shooting flaming arrows into the castle. The Lord himself has prepared deadly weapons. God is a judge and he will judge the wicked um, in justice. 
Lastly, as we think about eternity, that wicked end to which the, the wicked will come is in contrast to the joyous end to which the righteous will come, the joyous end to which the righteous will come. And I think there's implication here uh, about the eternity of this judgment, even in the, the kind of language that uh, David uses as he closes out the psalm. For, for the entirety of the psalm, he's been talking about what was happening to him, what he needed God to do for him now, the deliverance that he needed in the present. But the last verse, I will give thanks to the Lord. He's looking to the future and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Now, surely the, uh, David does that uh, in his lifetime, but I think we should we should view that in terms of pregnancy to to eternity, pre- pregnant with meaning for eternity. We we will, if we are righteous, have opportunity to be with our Lord for eternity, singing His praises, for eternity, thanking the Lord for what He has done. Sin brings judgment, eternal judgment. The wages of sin is death, eternal death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Don't don't forget, eternity is at stake. You're, You're tempted to pursue the world's pleasures? To go the path of pleasing Cush, the Benjamite? To go the path of getting the, 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 the kind of praise that the world would give you? Eternity is at stake. Sin will reap its reward. And that reward is a just judgment from an all-knowing God. But if you are a sinner and you confess your sin to the Lord, there's eternal reward there. You you can enter the eternal choir. For God will forgive each one who comes to him in repentance. We don't know many of the names of Winston Churchill's opponents, but... We know Churchill. Why? Because he did what was right. He led nobly England. How much, how much more important of a cause? If eternity is at stake, not just the nation, but eternity is at stake. How much more important that we follow David's Example, And as we go through trial, might we follow in the obvious and less obvious ways to the praise of the Lord. Let us bow as we close in prayer. Lord, the trials of this life 
will be over in but a moment. And yet at times they feel interminable. Help us, Lord, to be trusting, singing, praying, keeping a clear conscience. Lord, thank you for the ways that you blessed us in days past in doing those things. And as we look forward to your good pleasure in keeping and helping us, Lord, might we rejoice to think that one day we will be with the Hall of Saints from Hebrew 11. We will be among those who, though rejected by the world, some torn asunder, some fed to the lions, all kinds of tribulation in family and in physical life. But Lord, the reward is worth it all. I pray that you might help us in being faithful for the long haul. Bless us, Lord, as we go forth this week. Might you find us faithful. Might we rejoice to tell others the truth of the gospel and of Christ. And we pray that you would help us to do that in Christ's name. Amen. Eternity is at stake. Might we be faithful, trusting the Lord, no matter what hardships. Let's uh, close in song. If you take the gray hymnals, turn with me to number 265. 265, Jesus still lead on. As you're able, would you stand as we sing? We'll sing all four verses. Jesus still lead on. 265 in the gray hymnals. Jesus still lead on till our rest be won. And although the way be cheerless, we will follow calm and fearless. Guide us by your hand to our fatherland. If the Right, right, sure, where we weep.
Till support council protect us till we safely stand in our fatherland. We read in Psalm 7 of the Lord establishing the way, the path of those who are righteous. This is Peter for those who are Christ. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. God bless as you go forward. Thank you.